Please be seated for our Bible readings. The first reading is taken from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. It can be found on page 467 of the Old Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, Ezra reads from the opening books of the Bible to the gathered exiles who had returned from Babylon. All the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest, Ezra, brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate, from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and women and those who could understand. And the years of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a wooden platform that had been made for the purpose, and beside him, stood Mattatiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Marciah on his right hand, and Padiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshulam on his left hand. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Barney, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbathay, Hodiah, Marcia, Kalita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Pelaliah, the Levites, helped the people to understand the law while the people remained in their places. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. 
And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to them, to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, and to send portions, and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to John, glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from John, chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. It can be found on page 101 of the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, Jesus speaks to the Samaritan woman, of how he is the one greater than Jacob who provides living water, which will more than satisfy every thirst in life. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is, that is saying to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, 
Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please do be seated. And thank you, thank you, Gloria, for reading that, those lessons. She took one for everyone there, didn't she? Aren't you glad you weren't chosen for today? And guess what? I didn't even choose the readings. Isn't that amazing? So why don't we introduce you to the person who did choose the readings? And then she'll expound all of those names from Nehemiah 8, I'm sure. Kathy, why don't you come and, come and join us? Kathy Morling, as some of you will know, has many hats in this island. But today she's here with a Bible Society hat, and she's going to come and speak to her. So why don't you sit back and enjoy? There we go. I think I need one of those... Um uh, wooden platforms that Ezra and uh, had to speak to people. That lectern was far too high for me, so I'm going to use this one. Oh, thank you for the warmth of your welcome. It is a, a joy to be with you here at St. Juan's. Uh, for those who, who don't know me, as Ian alluded, I, uh, I have the privilege of being an ambassador for the Bible Society in the Channel Islands, although I live here in Jersey. Bible Society's mission is to bring the Bible to life for every man, woman, and child. Because we believe that when people engage with the Bible, their lives can change for good. I'm married to Tony Morling, who is the Methodist minister at St. Helier Methodist Centre. I'm a professional actor, and I'm director of a Jersey-based charity called Kairos Arts. I like to describe it that my heartbeat is is for being a part of God's mission to change lives. Whether that is through the creative arts, changing lives or the way that my life, in fact, was changed and continues to be changed is through the Bible. I was due to speak here back in April 2020, Ian, but it was indefinitely postponed. Our world has faced unprecedented levels of disruption since then, hasn't it? And it continues to do so with the Ukrainian war, with the cost of living crisis, for example. So 
So where can we find the resources that we need to face these seasons with courage? And how can we receive the living water that was spoken of in John and be spiritually renewed in these challenging times? Well, at the heart of the Old Testament story that Gloria read so well, from Nehemiah, we witness the spiritual renewal of God's people. They had had extremely tough times. They'd been locked down in exile. The Israelites were returning in waves. They were trying to rebuild their lives. And Nehemiah, the visionary leader, had mobilized the people to rebuild the walls of the city. They were trying to get back to a new normal amidst uncertainty. Sound familiar? And then Ezra, the Bible teacher, he takes the lead and he gathers the people around God's word. If we are thirsty for spiritual renewal and living water, if if we're looking for courage to face uncertain times ahead, I'd like to suggest that this morning we have everything we need at our fingertips. I'd like to offer three ways that the Bible can help us. So number one, the Bible is like a watering hole. Have you ever seen animals gather around a watering hole? I can see a few nods. My family and I had the privilege of traveling to South Africa when Tony was on sabbatical seven years ago. And I will never forget uh, the few days we had on safari and our cabin overlooked a watering hole. And that moving sight when the diversity of creatures came to that watering hole, whether it was zebras or water buffalo, the birds, giraffes, and my favorite, the elephants. A watering hole is a gathering place for a remarkable diversity of creatures. And the Bible can be a gathering place for a remarkably diverse community. So after the trauma of exile and the exhaustion of rebuilding Jerusalem, God's people were thirsty. They needed to drink again from the truth of God's word. Are we feeling thirsty for God's word? In our passage, God's people listened to scripture for six hours for a whole week. That's some conference. And did you notice where they met and who attended? So instead of meeting in the rebuilt temple where only Jewish males could enter, they met in a public square so that everyone could come and listen, men and women, young and old. Rarely in the Bible do we see such a display of diversity. And it's the Bible, the divine watering hole, that is the gathering point. It speaks truth whether we're on Zoom, whether we're being live streamed this morning, whether we're in a public place or in a place of worship together. Let me share with you uh, a little story. 
the general secretary of the Bible Society in Zimbabwe tried to sell a New Testament to a man whose response was this. Even if you give me that New Testament, I will roll the pages and make them into cigarettes. I understand, the general secretary replied, but at least promise to read them before you smoke them. When the man agreed, he was gifted a New Testament, and that was the last that they saw of him. Until years later, the general secretary was attending a convention in Zimbabwe when the speaker on the stage spotted him and pointed him out to the audience and said, this man doesn't remember me, but 15 years ago, he tried to sell me a New Testament. And when I refused to buy it, he gave it to me, even though I told him I would use the pages to roll them for cigarettes. I smoked Matthew, I smoked Mark, I smoked Luke, but when I got to John 3.16, I could not smoke anymore. My life was changed. The man had become a full-time Christian evangelist, devoting his life to showing others the living water that he had found in God's word. And that's why we do what we do at Bible Society. For we believe when, by, when people engage with the Bible and encounter Jesus in those pages, the living water, their lives can change for good. In our passage, the Levites, and there were many names, but I'm just going to say the Levites, uh, helped the people to understand the scripture. They gave interpretation. They gave it sense. And the people went away rejoicing. How confident are you and I in our engagement with the Bible? Or how confident are we to invite others to this watering hole, this life-giving living water? What a blessing our church leaders and Bible teachers are to us. At Bible Society, we are passionate about providing helpful resources to build confidence and inspirational resources that we can give to others. Uh, I have a booklet here this morning that you'll be offered on the way out, Reimagining Bible Mission. And it's full of ideas including a a new interactive family Bible. You may know somebody who would benefit from that. I'm going to leave them here for you to take away. Let's draw closer and invite others to join us at this life-giving watering hole. So the Bible is like a watering hole. That was number one. The second way that I think the Bible can help us and renew us at this time is that it connects with our emotions. The Bible connects with our emotions. I don't know if you noticed in the reading, but after Ezra had finished, I don't think it had quite the same impact upon us, but when he had finished reading, he suddenly realized the people were weeping. Where did all that emotion come from? As the Bible was read, it was like the lid was lifted 
They encountered words of comfort and hope. They may also have felt a sense of conviction and remorse. During the pandemic, we have experienced a lot emotionally. We probably don't know how much we've been holding and the toll that it's taken. The Bible can help us to express our emotions as part of a a healing and renewal. Last summer, the, uh, the Bible Society won gold at the Chelsea Flower Show. I don't know if any of you saw that on the news. They did so with a garden that was themed around Psalm 23. People were drawn. I literally saw them attracted across the road, drawn to its restorative design. Green pastures, still waters, And people wept. People shared their stories. As well as uh, translating, distributing, and uh, printing Bibles, the Bible Society also offers Bible-based trauma healing courses. We do so in 70 countries now, in 174 languages And it helps victims of trauma talk about their experiences by reflecting on what the Bible has to say about their circumstances. And we've recently launched this program in Lebanon where one in five people in Lebanon are refugees. Isn't that an extraordinary number? And now my colleague, Harriet, the Bible Society, has launched the UK version, uh, adapted for different needs, different settings, but it's called Navigating Trauma, and it, it can tell you about that in the booklet too. There is training available for local churches who may have upon their hearts the desire to support people who've been affected by trauma. It has a proven Bible-based approach. Will we, today and looking forward, will we allow the Bible to connect with our emotions? The Psalms, as, as Ian used this morning, is a great place to start. They're packed with the full range of emotions. And our colleagues in the Ukraine at the Bible Society there are telling us Psalm 31 is being read daily by believers as they cry out to God in their suffering. Will we allow the Bible to help us to process our emotions? It may be to challenge us, to heal us, to inspire us. So the Bible is like a watering hole. The Bible connects with our emotions. And thirdly, this morning, the final way I think the Bible, the living word, can help renew us at this time is seeing that it is a bigger story that can offer hope. The Bible is a bigger story that can offer hope. So think back to that Old Testament scene that was read to us. Thousands of Israelites of all ages, they're gathered in the public square before the water gate. I like that detail. So they're equivalent of the watering hole. Ezra is on a raised stage built for the occasion. 
What was it that was so captivating? After all, for us, there's always something, something to watch on Netflix. Why bother with a Bible? And perhaps the key for Israel and for us is that the Bible helps to root us. Helps us to feel part of a bigger story that makes sense of our experiences. As Ezra read the extracts from the Bible, the Israelites felt, felt like they were part of something solid and certain. It gave them confidence to face the challenges, knowing that God would be with them. And that is why we need the Bible too. As the last few years may have exposed our fragilities, the Bible reminds us that we're part of a bigger story, a bigger story that stretches back to creation and forwards to the new creation. And we may experience a lot of chaos in between, but the great author has an overarching plan that will not fail and promises to take care of his people and we will not get that from Netflix we have a new online personal edition of the Bible course I know some of you here have attended the Bible course it could be a great resource to give you renewed confidence in the Bible confidence in this living word or a gift for somebody who might find its emotional truth a comfort The first session can even be accessed for free. But let me summarize. For you and for me and for those the Bible Society seeks to support who gather around the Bible the divine watering hole offering living water. If we gather around this Bible it can help us process our emotions in challenging times. And as we sense our place in its bigger story, we can find hope. I'd like to finish with preaching the great, uh, quoting the great preacher, Sturgeon. Spurgeon, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Amen.